know what causes this stuff. I think it's just the cold. And let me tell you something. I, you know, I tend to, you know, consider myself somebody who's pretty, uh, you know, even. You know, my emotionals are pretty much under control. But let me tell you something. The cold puts me in a bad mood. And I remember when I started out at the distribution center, I was started out in the freezer, ten and twenty below in there, and I would get depressed, like I've never gotten depressed before. And, you know, thankfully, after nine months, I went to the Dairy Deli, which is only in the 30s. So now when I'm there, I'm only depressed. But, you know, I was like deeply depressed when I was real cold. And that first year I was there, too, I started in the summer working in the cold. That was bad. And then that winter was the super cold winter we had. And let me tell you something. You go work in 10 and 20 below weather, and then you leave work, and it's still 10 and 20 below and it will put you in a bad mood, and it will get you depressed. And I'm just going to tell you, I got pretty depressed during that time. And sometimes still, when I'm at work, I will just get depressed, and I don't even really know why I'm depressed. And I just want to get out of there, because once I leave, I'm not depressed anymore. And it's not even that I hate the work or anything like that. I just I don't like being cold. I don't like the winter. And you know, these uh, this depression thing, You know, a lot of people deal with it. And, you know, sometimes I'm kind of, you know, the not-so-merciful person. And, you know, when people are depressed, and I was like, well, it's all in your head. You know, I say that, too, with, when people have headaches, you know, and it's all in your head. And that's not a very nice thing to say. But, you know, when it comes to a lot of our mood things, depression, I mean, when you stop and think about it, it is in the head, isn't it? You know, but at the same time, there are physical things that can affect it. We don't always know what the causes of these are. We don't always even know why. Okay? And I... And, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many have ever just been depressed and you were sitting around and you couldn't figure out why you were depressed? Okay? I know all the ladies want to raise their hand right now. But, you know, guys too sometimes, that happens. You're just depressed and you have no idea why. You know, what's wrong? Sometimes we get depressed and it's for good reason. Sometimes, you know, we're going through difficult things in our life. You know, sometimes, you know, if you're just not feeling good, maybe you're in pain, you're sick, and it's going to get you down. It's going to get depressed. But, you know... I was reading another thing. It was just some facts about uh, anxiety disorders. It says anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States, age 18 and older, or 18% of the population. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of people that suffer from these things. You know, and there's uh, there's a lot more things I could read on this, but uh, the cost, the money that goes into depression-related things. I mean, it's billions of dollars are spent on medications and things trying to help people with their depression. And, you know, when you stop and think about that, too, you know, I've been depressed before, too. I've suffered, I've had, I have days where I suffer from depression and things like that, and I've never spent any money on it, well, as far as for the pharmaceutical companies, okay? Uh, I have spent money on it in the sense when I'm depressed, you know, sometimes... Fast food does a trick, or sometimes, you know, you know what, you know what, you know what helps depression sometimes a, a red monster energy drink. I don't know, man. It just gives you that little jolt you need, and it'll lift your spirits. And uh, you know, if maybe some of you, it's ice cream or or whatever. I mean, we all have those things. So that's not even counting that money that's spent on those things. And you know, if I go on a diet, I get depressed. I really do. If I if I start lacking certain food that I like, you know, especially the soda and the caffeine, I get depressed, and sometimes I'll go spend the money on those things. But I say all that to uh, just kind of show how you know depression 
a lot of times, you know, people they look at it like it's a like it's a disease that me, you know, where it's something. Oh, this happened to me, and there's nothing I can do about it. But the truth is, depression can happen to anybody, Every, and it does happen. Everybody gets depressed sometimes, and I'm not saying that too to act like, uh, you know, you that, you know, you've got a problem if you're depressed. It's just it's just a real thing. Okay, it's kind of like pain. How many has ever heard of the Christian scientists? All right, not Scientology, the Christian scientists. They don't believe in pain. Okay, I knew a guy. He, he, I knew a guy. He was a Christian scientist. Did not believe in pain. He believed it was a lie, and it would just make me mad. You know, if somebody was sick, he was like, "Sickness is a lie. If you were sick, you had a spiritual problem, and you just need to get right with God because your mind is making you think you're sick." And I used to just want to just go and you know kick him in the shin, and when he is doubled over in pain, you know, tell me he needs to get right with God. You know, but you know that's just that's ridiculous. You know, we're going to see in the Bible. You know, depression, it is something that it's going to be there in this life. I wish I could tell you take this pill and you'll never be depressed again. I wish I could tell you do this and you'll never be depressed. We can't do that. So I'm going to show you from the Bible. You know what, what just what to do when you are depressed. Because it's going to come. You're going to deal with these things. But Psalms chapter 40, verse 1, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. I want you to notice that word patiently. I waited patiently. Okay, When it comes to getting you out of your depression, I wish I could show you how to just flip a switch on. You know what? Sometimes just the Monster Energy drink, it doesn't do it by itself either. You know, It takes a little more than that. It takes that and... you know. Maybe a Whopper or something like that, you know. But that's just me. It might be completely different for you, but sometimes you have to wait. Sometimes it takes time. He, you know, he inclined to me, heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. How many of y'all think when David wrote this, he was referring to a time when he was actually in a pit? Okay, no, he's speaking figuratively here, right? Because what? You know, we use the word depression. You can't find the word depression in the Bible or depressed in the Bible. But when you're depressed, it's like you've got a weight on you, right? I mean, it's like you've got something pushing you down. You've got something that's keeping you low. And when David said, I was in a horrible pit, he's speaking figuratively here. He wasn't in an actual pit. He was just in a low place. He was just, I mean, he felt low. How many has ever said, you know, I just feel like crawling under a rock? Okay? You know, why do you say that? Because you're just, you're down, you're low. And not that you know you you feel that way, but he said that God brought him out of that horrible pit. He set him on a rock. Once again, figuratively speaking, he's like now he's on a high place. Okay, and he has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. And the, and so right there, I think is a good example in the Bible of somebody who was depressed. He was in a horrible. In Psalms 43, verse 5, he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Okay, talking about being cast down. Once again, not, you know, not speaking literally, speaking figuratively here. It's, have you ever been there going along and it's like somebody knocked you down? Something came along and it's like somebody belted you in the gut. Just knocked all the wind out of you. Knocked the strength out of you. Um, that's an example of it right there. That's what you know. today we would call depression. Proverbs 25, verse 20 
It says, "...is he that taketh away a garment in cold weather, and as vinegar upon nitre, so is he that singeth songs to an heavy heart." Okay, What's all that talking about? Well, okay, if somebody takes your coat away when it's cold, what's that going to do? Well, that's going to upset you, isn't it? That's going to make you. That's going to make you mad. As vinegar upon the nitre. I, I I read some commentaries on that. Supposedly, it's similar to putting vinegar on baking soda. You know, it kind of causes a mess. All right. And while taking somebody's coat when they're cold is going to cause a problem, it says here, so is he that singeth songs to an heavy heart. Okay. So what's a heavy heart? Is that literally speaking? No, but have you, how many of you ever felt like that before where you felt like you had a weight right there on your chest, right there in your heart? You had a heavy heart. You were sad. Okay? And right here, it's saying in Proverbs that basically it's going to cause a problem when somebody sings songs to one with a heavy heart. Now, a lot of times we think about singing to some of the lift your spirits, but you know, the truth is when you're down and when you're depressed, you know, you don't really necessarily, you know, ladies, if you're down and you're depressed, you don't necessarily want your husband coming along and, you know, I'm in a bad mood, and then he just comes along and breaks out in a song like Dick Van Dyke singing Put on a Happy Face. I don't know if y'all remember that one, you know. Now, while on the TV show, after he sang that song, it brought the lady out of her depression, and all of a sudden she's happy and dancing. You know, in real life, most of you ladies, if you were in a bad mood and we're talking about your bad day and your husband broke out into song, You'd probably get angry, wouldn't you? <laughs> it would probably, it would probably just upset you. You're just making fun of me. I know it all works out on the musicals, but in real life, people don't just break out in a song like that. But right here, it's saying that basically, you know, when you sing to one with a with a heavy heart, it's not going to be a good thing. And that heavy heart, too, I believe it's once again it's talking about depression. You see that sometime in the Bible. That heavy heart, figuratively speaking, it's like how do I. How do I come up with a word to explain how I'm feeling right now? I feel heavy. I feel like I'm down in a pit. I feel like I'm being, I have weight on me. And that's what we call being depressed today. And those, so this depression thing, it's, it's not unique to our generation. While we are the generation of mental disorders, while we are the generation of people that all have issues and we've got all kinds of fancy names for all of our issues, when it comes to things like depression, it's not a new thing. It's always been around. And you know what? It always will be around. We're going to see until the new heaven and the new earth. It's not going to go away. We can't just flip a switch. And so, you know, many people, they make the mistake of thinking the Christian life, it's all going to be easy. Turn over to Matthew chapter 11. I want to show you this because sometimes, I've, I've even heard preachers sometimes misuse this passage. And we got to be careful. We got to be careful with this because this, the meaning of this passage, I think, is just absolutely wonderful. I'd almost like to preach a whole message just on this. But uh, Matthew chapter eleven, verse twenty-five. At that time, Jesus answered and said, "I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son." And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Y'all see that? And so people say, see, man, you know, God's yoke is easy. 
If your life's hard right now, you must not be yoked up with the Lord. You know, the Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. And you know what? That is true. But when Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, I hate when people misuse that passage because do you know what that means? You realize Jesus, what He had been talking about here, He had been talking before. We don't have time to go into all the context of it. But the Pharisees, they had basically made it hard for people to be saved. They were putting all these burdens on them. They believed you had to you know, be good and you had to be righteous to go to heaven. And these guys couldn't figure it out. When Jesus came along teaching the message of salvation, they didn't get it. But you know what? There were some that did. You know, God said, Jesus said, you've revealed it unto the babes. And when He said, my yoke is easy, my burden's light, you know what He's saying? The way to salvation is easy. The way to get saved, it is easy. Jesus did every bit of it. His burden is light. He doesn't put a burden on you and say, you know what? If you want to go to heaven, you got to be good. If you want to go to heaven, you got to make sure you go to church for the rest of your life. If you want to keep your salvation, you better keep me happy and not mess up. No, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. But the Pharisees, they made it hard. No, you got to do this. You got to keep the Sabbath. You got to do all these things. And people in churches are still doing that today. Oh no, you got to do the sacraments. You got to get baptized. You got to take the Lord's Supper. You got to make sure you go to church. And before you die, you better make sure you get your last rite said to you and be in good standing with the church. You know what they're doing? they're making the, they're making it hard. But his yoke is easy. Jesus's yoke is easy. Talking about the way to salvation, because that same Jesus, he also said. In the world he shall have tribulation, didn't he? Well, that sounds a lot different, but once again, here he's talking about the way to salvation is easy. But you know what? The Christian life, it's, there's difficulties, isn't there? There are some serious difficulties. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So you know what? Don't ever let anybody use this verse. Don't ever let one of these prosperity preachers get on there. Hey, if your life's hard right now, it's because you're not right with God. And if you want to get right with God, you send me a thousand dollars, and then you know all of a sudden your life will get easier. You know your life's hard right now because you haven't been sending me your check. And so you know, no, don't don't fall for that. Don't let them misuse that verse that way. That's a salvation verse right there. You read the context of it. The way to salvation is easy. But guess what? The rest of this life is hard sometimes. Christian people get sick. Christian people die and lose loved ones. Christian people get cancer. You know, People who are doing everything right, they have difficulties that come. We have to pay bills too, don't we? Sometimes we lose jobs. Sometimes we you know, face difficulties. We have flat tires. We have cars that break down. We have all those things, don't we? And so having said all that, you know, we're, there's going to be some difficult times. And so we're going to have days where we're just depressed, where we are down. And so some things to remember when you're depressed. Because it's going to come. Is First off, go to Psalms chapter 34, verse 17. You just got to remember, the Lord will get you through it. Alright? It, it's gonna pass. Psalms 34, 17 says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. I love that. I love that passage too. And I love this passage because on Wednesdays we've been studying Jesus in the book of Psalms. And do you all realize that verse, 30, uh, chapter 34, verse 20, 
That is a prophetic verse about Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, none of His bones were broken. And the Bible mentioned that in Matthew. You know, that it was fulfilled. Talking about that verse right there. But you know, at the same time, there's a meaning for us in that passage too. Because you know what? Whenever we are going through the things, when we have a heavy heart, okay, when you are down and depressed, you realize, first of all, we see here that it's going to pass, but you know what? None of your bones are going to be broken either. Okay? What's he saying right there? In other words, you know, those things that you're feeling, physically speaking, you know, they're not going to kill you. Okay? In fact, it's not even going to break one of your bones. Okay? While it hurts, while it's painful, while you don't like it, while you want to get over it, you know, you're going to survive it. You'll come out of it without a broken bone. You might come out of it with some emotional trauma. Said it does hurt, but it's not going to kill you. It doesn't have to do any permanent damage. The Lord is going to He's going to get you through it. Okay? He's not going to He's not necessarily He doesn't always get us out of things. But he gets us through things. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you're just like, I just want out of here? But you know what? You don't get to get out of here. You got to go through there. You got to go through the difficulty, and he will get you through there. And so you got to remember what you are feeling; it will pass. Verse uh, chapter thirty, verse five says, "For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is light. Weeping may endure for a night." But joy cometh in the morning. Notice what it, when it's talking about all these difficulties that you're going through. It doesn't. It's, it's not telling us. You know, here's how you flip on the switch and you change it. It's what it's saying here is you know it's it's going to pass. Weeping may endure for a night. And notice he's not he's not he doesn't say in this passage you know weeping may endure for a night because you're sorry because you have no control over your emotions because you know you're just you know you're being a big baby. No, he's, it's there. You know, we can't just act like, you know, we can't just depend or pretend it's not there. We can't just pretend there's nothing wrong. It's there. It's, and we just got to understand it's going to pass. It, it's, you're, you're, it'll, it'll, it'll end one of these days. It's no fun. You know, a lot of times we ask, you know, why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with it? And, it, you know, we're saying these things too because we want it over right now, but sometimes you just got to get through it. And just remember, it'll pass. And be encouraged by that. Revelation 21, verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. You all see that? The former things. The, the things that get us depressed, they are a part of this life on earth. And according to the Bible, they don't go away until the new heaven and the new earth. And so in the meantime, we've got we've to just get through it. We've got to deal with it. One day, God's going to wipe all tears away from our eyes. What does that tell you? Well, it tells me it's going to end, but it tells me too there's going to be some, there's going to be some crying. There's going to be some more crying. If you, live, if you live long enough, you're going to shed some more tears in this life. You're going to get down, but it's going to end one of these days. And thank God we have that promise. So we got to remember the Lord; He'll get us through it. Also, look at Psalms fifty-five, verse twenty-two. Great passage of scripture here. Look what it says: it "says Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never such suffer the righteous to be moved." Right there, cast your burden on the Lord. 
You know, many of the things that we get depressed about, that we let get us down, many many times, not all the times, but many times are things that they're just not even our problem. Things that are really just none of our business. You know, it's amazing how many people, there's always somebody in the church, okay? I don't know if anybody hears this. I won't, I won't try to peg anybody on this, but it's like it's their job to worry about everybody's problems and get miserable about everybody's issues and then spread that misery to other people. Alright? And you know, here's the, here's, on, you know, it's good to care about others and things like that, but you know what? There are literally just some things that people, some problems that only the person themselves can fix. Alright? And you know what? It's, it's not fair, like for myself for example, it, it's not fair for me to get myself down and depressed over things that I cannot help, that are not my place to help. It is not fair to my family for them to have to put up with my grumpiness and put up with my attitude because I'm all obsessed with a problem that somebody's having that is not my problem. Something that I can't do anything about. So well, shouldn't we care? Yes, we should care, but when there's nothing we can do, you know what we've got to do? We've just got to give it to the Lord. We just got to give it, take it to Him in prayer. We sing the song, take it to the Lord in prayer. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. This is weighing me down. This is bothering me. But you know what? Nothing I can do about it. I can't carry that. It would be wrong for me to go around getting all depressed and down and discouraged and having a bad attitude because I'm depressed about the national debt. Well, what am I going to do about the national debt? I, I, I can't do anything about the national debt. That's not, you know that, and so you know what? I'm going to give that one to the Lord. You know, Lord, I need you to take take care of this one. You know, Lord, I need you to you know change the hearts of politicians. I can't do that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to give that one to the Lord. I'm going to give that problem to Him. I'm, I refuse to worry about that. First Peter five seven says, "Casting all your care on Him, upon Him, for He careth for you." Hey, he wants to carry our burdens. Okay, and there are there are some things that we let get us depressed that shouldn't. Things that we could just give over to God. Things that are really just none of our business, but we will let them get us upset, obsessed. And we should not burden ourselves with things that are not problems. Okay, those things they might come your way. Sometimes we can't help but to care. But when there's nothing we can do, we've got to give that to the Lord and just trust Him. I mean, do you really think the Lord or that you can? You know, do more than God can when it comes to things like the national debt, or when it comes to other people's problems. You know, somebody else's marriage, whatever it is. We just got to give these things to God. Sometimes, you know, people, you know, maybe they got a family member on, you know, another part of the country that they will let, you know, and they're having problems, and you'll get upset and depressed. And listen, you can't help but care. But sometimes you just got to stop and say, you know what? There's literally nothing I can do. And you just give it to the Lord. Lay it all on Him. And He wants you to do that. He wants us to do that. And we need to take advantage of that. Why? Because we've got to be careful. See, we've got to be careful when we're depressed. You realize, you know, when you get yourself in trouble, you can't help anybody else. Okay? Like I said, when somebody's in a pit, all right? I've used this illustration before. If somebody's down in a pit, you realize you have a better chance of helping them if you are not in the pit. Okay? If I go out in the woods and you fall down in some old well, 
the last thing I need to do is jump down in there with you. Well, I want to, I want to, I want to comfort them. I don't want them to be alone in this. Listen, I'm going to be able to help them better if I stay out of the pit. Alright? And so then I can throw them a rope. And here's the thing too. Sometimes people, when they're depressed, you know, some people like it. Some people like being miserable. Some people like being grumps and all that. And you know what? I, I can be much stronger than you. I can be, uh, you know, I can be, you know, heavier than you. But if you're down in a pit and I drop a rope down there and you don't want to get out, I can't, I can't pull you out. If it's a tug of war contest, you know, you can weigh a hundred pounds and be weak. But if you're down in the pit and you're pulling against me, who's up on top? You've got gravity working with you, don't you? And guess what? I'm, I'm not going to be able to get you out of there. And people do that all the time. It's like the way they want to help people is by jumping in the pit with them. You can't do that. You, you can't. That's not how it works. And so we've got to be very careful. First Peter five eight says, after he says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Verse eight says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplishing your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Okay, he's telling us here that we, you, know, you need to cast your care on Him. Why? Because we have to be careful. We have an adversary out there. We've got someone that's working against us. We have someone that's working against our brethren that's trying to take them down. Somebody who's trying to destroy us. And so we do, we've got to be very careful. We can get ourselves in some pretty big trouble if we're not careful. And that's why we let the Lord carry our burdens. He can handle our burdens a lot better than we can. He's not going to sin. He's not going to mess up. But you know what? When I'm down, when I'm depressed, when I'm angry, when I'm discouraged, you realize how much more likely I am to make bad decisions during that time? When you're down and depressed, that is a bad time to make decisions. You don't really, when you stop to think about it too, when you're depressed, okay, some of you, maybe your thing that gets you out of it is going shopping. Okay? But here's the problem with that. Now, they've proven this, okay? That when you're shopping, there is, there is literally a high that gets sometimes when you're making these purchases and things. But you realize that that high goes away. And if it's like, especially if it's a credit card purchase and stuff, later you got to figure out how to pay for that. And guess what? You're depressed again. And you know, shopping when you're depressed, that kind of thing, it's not you know, you're vulnerable. Then, you know, when you are, okay, you know, how many has ever just you know felt the joy of the Lord when they were stuck on the side of the road waiting for a tow truck? Okay, you don't feel that way, do you? I remember one time. We broke down in El Paso, Illinois. And so we were an hour away from home. So we lived in LaSalle, almost an hour away from home. And our my van, it messed up right there. And it broke down right by a car dealer. And I did not want to put a bunch of money into that van. And I thought, you know what? And I was going to already have to have somebody come and pick us up and everything. It was going to be a huge pain in the neck. And I remember looking at that car dealer and thinking, 
why don't we just go get another vehicle right now? <laughs> oh, I thought about that. I, I wanted to so bad. And you know what? If I would have, I probably would have bought something. But I was like, you know what? We can't afford it right now. We cannot afford it. And the, these stupid banks, they're going to give me the loan, even though I shouldn't. And you know what? We didn't. I'm glad I didn't go over there because I, and one of the reasons I knew I will probably make a foolish decision. And if I let that car dealer know my van is broke down right now too, you know, he's going to take advantage of me like crazy too because he's going to know that I want to buy right then. And you know, that you're in a dangerous position. Okay? And when you're down, when you're depressed, that is not a good time to make decisions. Okay? You, You shouldn't do that. You got you got to be careful. You are vulnerable. You're more likely to make a bad decision. You know, don't decide. You know, when you're just having a bad day and you know you're feeling down, depressed. You know, don't decide to quit going. You know, uh, I'm I'm leaving Liberty Baptist Church. Then you know, don't. You're going to make a bad decision on your depression days. All right, that you're not. You know, don't don't do that. Don't you know make those decisions when things are bad. You know, when you're going through hard times. That's when everybody wants to decide to you know up and leave and run. That is a bad decision. Okay. You're all going to feel that way sometimes. You know, there's going to be days when you feel like leaving church, when you feel like leaving your wife, when you feel like, you know, I mean, you know, just whatever, you know, just quitting your job. You know, don't ever just walk out of your job. You know how many times I've been, you know, gone into the workplace and thought, boy, it would be a lot of fun to just look at my manager, see you later, and just leave and never come back. Boy, there's been many times that would have felt really good, but you know I'd have regretted that later. And so you just gotta you gotta power through it, and so and we just we've got to learn to cast our burdens on the Lord, because we have an adversary out there, and he will take advantage of our situation. You know what they say when you're buying you know houses, cars, and things is if you or like especially houses and stuff, if you can find one that's being sold in a situation where the couple is divorcing, they always say that's, that a lot of times you can really get a good deal. You know why? Because those people are already making a bad decision. And you know what else? They are in the, you know, and so they will probably are more likely to make a bad decision in accepting your offer. And it is. It's, a, it's a, just a vulnerable position for them and you can be taken advantage of. And when we're down, we're depressed. The devil will take advantage of us. So never make quick or important decisions when you're depressed. Be accountable to others when you're depressed. In chapter, or in, uh, back in First Peter chapter five, verse five, before it says casting all your care upon him, it mentions it says likewise ye younger submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, that you may exalt you in due time. He's talking about the elder in the church. You know, submit to him. Listen to him. Be accountable to someone else, okay, especially during those difficult times. Okay, when you're down, when you're depressed, you know, talk to somebody. That's one of our jobs in the church, too, is exhorting each other, admonishing one another, being encouragement to our brethren. And sometimes we've got to learn to just, you know, Use other people. Hold ourselves accountable. Let somebody else tell us what to do. Okay? Why? Well, I, if I do that, it's going to look like I'm foolish and I just don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, that's why the Bible says humble yourselves. Okay? That, it, it's not being, it doesn't mean you're foolish or you're not smart. You know, that means you're wise. You understand, I've made a lot of bad decisions when I've been depressed. 
I've made a lot of big mistakes and I've made a lot of hasty decisions when I have been down. And you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to find somebody that I can trust. And I'm going to just ask, hey, what do you think I should do? And then I'm going to do it. Okay, That's just wisdom right there, folks. But it takes a little bit of humility. And you know what? God resists the proud and He gives grace to the humble. So you've got God on your side when you humble yourselves like that. Many people, you know, when it comes to, you know, following advice and, and listening to counsel and, you know, maybe, you know, listening to their pastor, you know, they look at it as weakness, but the Bible just, the Bible calls it humility. That's just, that's just wisdom. It doesn't mean you're saying these people have authority over me and can tell me what to do. No, you're just admitting that you got, you know, that you're a sinner. You're admitting that you're prone to making bad mistakes sometimes. We all are. And so you're going to just, you're going to humble yourselves and let God use somebody else in your life. You know, if you're if you're younger, or you know, you might even be married and everything, you can still talk to your parents, get their advice. Hey, what do you think we ought to do? You know, if you're having marital problems, you know, talk to some people that have been married for fifty or sixty years. When you're thinking about you know leaving each other, what do you think we ought to do? They're probably going to tell you, stick it out. That's what we did. 50, 60, anybody's been married 50, 60 years, I'm sure they had some rough patches in their marriage. But they, they stayed together. They did the right thing. Don't go talk to your young friend that's younger than you and been married 14 times. Don't talk, you know exactly what they're going to say. Dump them. Leave them. That's what I do all the time. Now, don't talk to them. Don't listen to people like that. And so, you know, just trust somebody. Submit. Let them tell you what to do. An authority, uh, you know, an authority figure, somebody that God's placed in your life. But then also, I'm not going to talk about this. I harp on this all the time. When you're depressed, you know what you need to do. You need to think about something else. Okay, Philippians chapter four. You know, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just. Okay, what is that? I talk about it all the time. Philippians four eight. What is the absolute opposite of everything we see in Philippians four eight? Whatsoever things are True, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Where can we go to find the polar opposite of that? Come on, I guess I need to harp on it again. The news. Okay, how often do they talk about those things in the news? It's the opposite. Whatsoever things are dishonest, whatsoever things are lies, you know, whatsoever things are ugly, you know, whatsoever is a bad report. That's all that's on the news. And let me tell you something if you watch the news all the time, you're going to get depressed. You are absolutely going to get depressed. And the Bible says that there are any virtue, if there are any praise, think on these things. Think of the things that he's mentioned, the things that are good, the things that are lovely. Think about those things. Good luck finding any of that on television. You know, you're probably not going to find it there. Good luck finding it on the internet, but you've got to think about those things. And we got people, they sit around, they think about that junk all the time, and they wonder why they're depressed. The Bible says, think about the things that are good. Pay attention to those you might have to crack your Bible open. Because it's hard to find those things. You can find it all over in the Bible. You know, you might have to you know, get around some better friends. Have you ever known those people? All they do is just talk about the negative. Talk about all the bad that's in the world. I mean, you just talk to them. Boy, you just get depressed. You might have to find better friends. Then, just finally, real quick, sometimes you need to recharge your batteries by getting close to the shepherd. Talking about Jesus Christ. Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We see in verse uh, 3, He restoreth my soul. Okay, 
He restoreth my soul. Why? Because sometimes our soul gets down. It gets heavy. But Jesus Christ, He restores our soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. You know, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Listen, you're not gonna, we've got to get close to God. If you're not close to God, you're going to get depressed. And you know what? You're not going to find God on your television set on Sunday. So how, how do I find God? Well, you got to be in the will of God. And you know what? It's God's will for you to be in the house of God. And it's amazing how many people, they get out of church and they get all down and they get depressed and I just, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm just trying to find God. Well, listen, we all know where He's going to be on Sunday. How come you weren't there? Oh, you know, I was, I was here, I was there. I was... You're not going to find God there. Sorry, you're supposed to be amongst the believers. Okay? You're not supposed to forsake the assembling. And it's amazing how many people are down depressed because they're not far from God. They can't seem to get close to God. And it's because they're looking everywhere except for the places that we know for sure He's going to be. And it's God's will for you to be here on Sundays. You're not going to find Him in front of your television set, at the restaurant, at the golf course, wherever it is you like going. He's not going to be there. All right, this is where this is where he wants you. You know, let somebody help you with your burdens. The Bible says in Galatians six two, bear ye one another's burdens. You know, take advantage of the people of God, people who do care about you. And when you're down, when you're depressed, let them try to help you. Let them give you the words of encouragement. You know, let them, you know, let them be a blessing. You know, you need to try doing that. You know, you be a blessing and a comfort to somebody. You know, you might be surprised. If you go and you lift somebody's spirits when you're down, if you help bring somebody joy, somebody sees you going, that person, if they see you going through something difficult, guess what they're going to want to do for you? They're going to want to do what you did for them. So, man, that, that's, that's one of the main reasons that we come together. Okay? To encourage one another. You're not supposed to come here just to listen to me preach. Okay? You're supposed to come for everybody that's in here. You need to be an encouragement to each other. And so then finally, take the time too to praise the Lord when He comes through for you. Okay? We always get through these things. It's amazing how many people, you know, all oh, be praying for me. I'm going through this horrible trial. You know, it's looking like it's the end. It's the end of the world for me. I don't know what's going to happen. I'll be lucky to survive another week. And then the people that come back the next week, well, you're still here. God got you through it, obviously, didn't He? Oh, yeah, I guess. Well, listen, the way you were talking last week, we didn't think we were ever going to see you again. You're still here. God obviously did something or you were being really dramatic last week. Now, the truth is, many times God did do something for us, but we forget to praise Him. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this week. They're going to be you know, take, repossessing my house, repossessing everything I own, you know, repossessing my car. I'm going to come driving in next week. Still got the car? Well, Lord got me. Yeah, He got me through, but I didn't win the lottery. You know? I'm still not a millionaire. I still got to pay my car payment next month. Yeah, yeah, but he got you through this week, didn't he? It's pretty sad. Psalms 30 verse 11. Thou hast turned, thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. I wasn't mourning, but now I'm dancing. It's amazing how you know God does things for people. You know they're mourning over something. He gets them through it, but we never do the dancing. Now, I'm not asking you to do a dance right now or a dance when you come to church, but you know, if you get, if the Lord gets you, you know, as dramatic as we are sometimes, okay, I mean, as, I, I, I've known some Christian people, I mean, just dramatic. It's the end of the world for them all the time. And 
God gets them through it. And if they acted equally, you know, when they're happy, as the way they act when they're depressed, they literally, I mean, they should be breakdancing right now. I mean, spinning on their heads and everything. That, that's how happy they should be. You know, is how, with how dramatic they are when they're sad, and God gets them through things, and nothing. No, that's not fair. That's not right. You have no right to be that down and doom and gloomy, and then when God gets you through things, not celebrate a little bit. Not at least kick up your heels or something. You ought to do some of that stuff. You ought to do some praising to God. Take the time to praise the Lord when He comes through you. If we would talk about the things that God has done for us, you know, that would help us out a little bit. Maybe we wouldn't be so depressed. All we want to do is talk about the problems. But listen, you know, not all depression that comes in life is necessarily because of sin. We live in a difficult world. There's sickness, sorrow, pain. Sometimes we just get tired. Sometimes we're just, you, you, you know, that's how it is with me. I just get tired, I get wore out. You know, these things, they're just a part of the world that we live in. They're not going to go away. So it's important that we follow these instructions in the Bible when you're going through it. Okay? And, you know, I, I, I'm not giving you any magic pills today. There are no magic pills for this stuff. You know what? There's that. You've got to wait patiently. God's going to get you through it. You know, think about other things. Stay close to God. And you know what? If you, when you get through that weight, it'll make you stronger, won't it? Isn't that why people lift weights? The more weight you lift, you know, you eventually get stronger. And you know what? As you go through these difficulties, you'll get stronger. And you know what? Things that used to be a burden won't even seem like a burden anymore. You know, there are some of you here that, I mean, you face things like it's nothing, that other people, when they're facing it, it's killing them. Okay, For some people, to lift 100 pounds over their head, there's no way they can do it. For other people, it's like nothing. What, what makes a difference? What they've been through. How much they've exercised. And as you get through these difficulties, they'll get easier and easier. You'll be able to handle more and more. And God will never put on you more than you can handle. And just trust Him. He'll get you through it. So with that, let's all stand together. I hope that was a help to you this morning. Depression, it's something we just, we've got to deal with. Just like